I request Christina to read the scripture portion. Christina, please. Yeah. Good morning, church. Am I audible? Okay. So today's scripture portion is taken from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 25. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 25. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God, honor the emperor. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he did threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who, ju who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Thank you, Christina. Now it's uh, time for listening to God's word. I request Reverend Prakash Jaj to share the God's word. Over to Brother Prakash Jaj. Good morning, uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, uh, thank you, Vijay, for leading the service so far. And thank you, Christina, for reading God's word to us. Let us pray as we listen to God's word. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your word, which is living. Thank you, Lord, that we can learn from your word and not only learn, but to live by it. We also thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides us, who leads us, who helps us to understand, who also enables us to live the word that you speak to us. And so this morning, as we have gathered in our various places, we pray that you would speak to our hearts, that your Holy Spirit will impress the truth from your word on our hearts so that uh, as we live in the society in which you have placed us, we may so live that above all, your name would be glorified. I do pray that you would help me too as I bring forth your word that you would help me, give me grace and all that I need to speak your word. We come at this time into your hands and we pray in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Uh, I hope you are able to listen to me. Uh, my voice is audible. And uh, uh, okay, thank you for that. Uh, in this passage that was uh, read to us, 
the apostle peter is asking the christians uh, to submit to every human institution and in particular to rulers and governors appointed by them and secondly to masters by slaves now when we hear this word submission and especially to people of other faiths what is our emotional response most often it could be a negative response the word submission means the action of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person so in the passage uh, we read we read to us we are going to study why and how to submit in the two situations of submission now as we study this passage we need to remind ourselves which the which the apostle peter has done on one or two occasions that we are strangers and sojourners in this world as the song goes this world is not my own i am just a passing through those of us who know the lord or who have been born again who call ourselves uh by his name uh have a passport on which is printed heaven though we may have an indian passport or a passport of another country as paul writes in philippians but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior the lord jesus christ so we can call ourselves temporary residents or expats as jesus said we are in the world but not of the world now this doesn't mean that we can say we do not belong to this world and so we can do what the world and so not do what the world requires and can do what we want this is not what it means you know we are in the world but not of the world and we also need to uh, remember that peter is writing a pastoral letter to the christians who were scattered and who are facing persecution they were in a trying situation and peter is instructing them how to live in such a situation so he is not writing a political treatise on how to respond to civil authorities and employers we do live in a country where we as christians as a christian community do face opposition and also a government that is not what i would say favorable to us so now let's look at the two situation peter is writing uh, about now reading verses 13 and 14 he says be subject for the lord's sake to every human institution whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do wrong now what are the human institutions peter is referring to we could define it as any place a human creates a legitimate structure in which there are authority relationships and somebody to submit to this would mean not just the government but other institutions like business military police 
education, family, workplace, and others. So as we live among the Gentiles, meaning people of other faiths, which is the place we are currently living, we need to know how we appropriately submit in a way that is distinctively Christian. Now, in this uh, first section, uh, Peter is looking here specifically about submitting to the government and that is rulers and governors. As Peter writes, uh, I mean, uh, first we need to know why they have been instituted. As Peter writes, they are to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Now, Paul in Romans 13, uh, I'm not reading it, echoes the same thoughts and also writes that there is no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. So we need to accept the government in place, though the government or the rulers do not accept the kingship of God. They do good and have an understanding of what good is. Our Christian morals and ethical standards are not totally disconnected from the moral standards of society. So there is the overlap of the good we do and the good the government does. So we need to recognize that, that the government also does good. Some of our members uh, who are working in government institutions add to this goodness. You know, there are in our members in various uh, institutions, in offices, in the hospital, and other places who are working in the government and they add to this goodness. We need to pray for them, especially those who are doing such jobs. So whenever possible, wherever possible, our members need to be encouraged to be a part of the government so that as Christians, they can show what is good and what is evil. Now, why do we have to submit? As Peter says in verse 13, for the Lord's sake, we need to know that we do not owe our primary allegiance to the emperors and governors. We subject for the Lord's sake. We exalt the Lord over emperors and governors. They are not God. We subject because the Lord has sent us to be subject. We are supremely subject to God because we are his slaves. His bond servants. You know, as you read in verse 16, it says, uh, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover up for evil, but living as servants of God. The word their servant is slave. We are slaves of God. We are free with respect to the emperors and governors. We subject because we are subject to a higher king and in freedom, we subject to the rulers. He sends us into the world where he has established authorities. He is our master. We do not subject to the emperors and governors because of their intrinsic value. We are servants, slaves of a higher king and in freedom subjects 
ourselves to the rulers. That's what uh, Peter is saying, as we read in verse uh, 16. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom to cover up for evil. So in freedom, we subject ourselves uh, uh, to the authorities, uh, uh, the uh, governor, the emperor and the governors. Now, if you read uh, Matthew uh, 20, 17, 20, uh, 24 to 27, which I'm not going to read, uh, there is this incident where uh, the uh, tax collectors asked Peter whether the teacher pays tax or not. And he said, yes. And then when they had come away, then Peter, uh, Jesus asked Peter, uh, from whom do you do kings or the earth take toll or tax? And then uh, Peter said from, the, from their sons or others, and he said from others. And Jesus said, then the sons are free. And so we are free uh, in that sense, so that uh, uh, free to pay taxes. And then he says not to give offense, and he sends Peter uh, to fish, and, and from the fish he takes two coins and pays the tax for both him and Peter. And then in Mark 12, 17, uh, uh, Jesus said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Everything belongs to God and he has the final authority. So in submitting ourselves to God as the final authority, we subject ourselves to the emperor and the ruler. Now, how do we submit or how does this submission look like? If you read verse 17, it says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. We fear God, meaning a fearless fear of God. I have a supreme king to fear, and so I will not fear man. It is the fear of a true child before the most loving of all fathers. Not a fear what he might do to us, but the hurt we may cause to him. Since I have a supreme king over me, I will not fear the emperor. Then he says, honor everyone, honor all people appropriate to the role. Uh, you know, then verses 13 and 14, uh, if you read it, uh, it says, uh, honor the governor as supreme or to governors as sent by him. So we honor them appropriate to the role, not speaking evil of the rulers. They can be policies which we do not like, yet we will honor our leader. Mr. Narendra Modi is our prime minister, even if we did not vote for him. We will honor him and pray for him. Now, even in during Peter's days, there were evil and bad rulers, and they were uh, bad rulers, and they were considered as God. You know, there was emperor worship at that time. But they were only, I mean, uh, Christians were only asked to honor them as an emperor and allow God to do justice even when they did evil. And then we love the brotherhood, as it is written here, love the brotherhood. Now we may ask, why in this context of submission do we have to love the brotherhood? 
we need each other in difficult situations. Give special affection to the believers and do this in practical ways. Now the New Testament, as we read, has many instructions how we can love one another practically. In this first letter of Peter, Peter uses the phrase one another six times. We do not know what is in store for us in the coming days. So it is very essential for us today to love the brotherhood and support one another by whatever means possible. And then when we read uh, verse 15, it says, uh, uh, for this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So we overflow with good deeds. This is God's will, that by doing good, we will silence those who speak ill of us. Now, as we go through this letter, uh, doing good is mentioned eight times. There is an overemphasis on doing good. It is not just obeying rules like paying taxes, obeying traffic lights, uh, etc. This is a bare minimum. If you're doing this, I mean, others also do it. It is a bare minimum. We are to bless people. We do good to silence the evil the people of the world speak about us. They speak against us as evildoers. Now, a few months back in parliament, when they were uh, passing this amendment of the uh, Foreign Contributions uh, Act, the Honorable Minister of State of uh, Home Affairs uh, said something very bad about Graham Staines. Uh, all of us may have heard about it. And, you know, we know that he didn't do it, but he did what was good, but they spoke evil against him. And so by doing good, we silence the ignorance of foolish people. We go beyond the call of duty to do good. You know, when people speak evil of us or say things against us, we silence them by doing good. We go beyond the call of duty in doing good. We should be the best citizens. SDC members should be the best citizens in NCR. They should, the people should say good about us. As uh, we read in uh, first uh, chapter, uh, as we read in verse 12 of the same chapter, Peter says, uh, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that they may speak against you as evildoers. They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So by doing good, we glorify the name of the Lord on the day of visitation. Even as uh, Brother Vijay Prasad uh, shared this morning, you know, one of the ways of witnessing is to do good. And we do good, all this for the sake of the gospel. And uh, we uh, uh, submit by silencing the ignorance about our Christian faith. We bear witness to the truth. We talk about the gospel. You know, we will not shy away from that, even when we are being treated unjustly. 
we will speak the truth we will speak about the gospel to the people who uh, uh, treat us unjustly so this is how uh, we are called for the lord's sake to submit to the governors and to the emperors now let us look into the second context which we read from verses 18 to 20 peter is here talking about submission of slaves to masters in the context of uh, the writing of this epistle slaves were a part of the roman empire they were they had no rights and were treated as dirt and it's true that at the time of when peter's writing that slaves had become christians so it was possible that they were asking now that we have freedom in christ how do we submit to our masters in today's context we may we do not have <coughs> slavery as it is in the time of peter but uh, there is in our country the practice of bonded labor so today in our context it would be the submission of an employee to an employer or a student to a teacher and other ways in our human institutions and i'll continue to use the vocabulary of slaves and masters to help us understand this uh, how we submit as an employee to an employer now there is the possibility now it is possible that we have good masters thank god for such people but there is the possibility of having difficult or unjust masters the issue is how do we submit when we suffer unjustly and how do we relate to unjust masters submitting to good masters is not the issue we'll be able we'll be able to do it well how do we do good in spite of being treated unjustly so how and why do we submit to our, our master in a way that is uniquely christian now as we saw in uh, uh, verse 13 uh, uh, the reason that we submit to empress and the governors appointed by them is for the lord's sake and so again for the lord's sake we will submit ourselves to the masters this master is not our ultimate master god is our ultimate master as free people we submit primarily to the lord now if you read uh, from 1 corinthians chapter 7 verses 24 21 to 24 let me read it were you a bond servant or a slave when called do not be concerned about it but if you gain your freedom avail yourself of the opportunity for who for he who was called in the lord as a bond servant or slave is a freedman of the lord likewise he who was free when called is a bond servant or a slave of christ you were bought with a price do not become slaves or bond servants of men so brother in whatever condition each was called there let him remain with god so we submit for christ's sake we are his slaves jesus christ has the ultimate authority over our lives 
Now, uh, we uh, uh, submit uh, because of the Lord's sake. And then uh, it says further, with all respect, in verse 16, subject your masters with all respect. Now, the word uh, used uh, for respect there is the same word as fear. So who do we fear? The master or God? Now, as we saw in the previous section, uh, Peter was uh, exhorting the Christians to fear God. So we need to be mindful of God and not mindful of the master, meaning God has our supreme allegiance. This fear is not a slavish fear, not a fear of punishment. It is a fear of treating God as if he was not worthy to be trusted as a loving father. It is a fear of displeasing God. As Peter writes in verse 17 of chapter 1, And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile or throughout the time of being sojourners. So we fear God above fearing the master. And then the question may arise, why is the slave suffering when he is complying and being submissive? It could be that he is suffering for doing good the master did not like. Now we remember uh, how uh, in Acts, when Peter and John were going to the temple and they healed that man who was lame from birth, uh, the people did not like it. The rulers did not like it. And uh, they were questioned, even they were beaten up and put in prison. They were threatened. And uh, did they give in to the authorities? No, they continue to do good. So subjection is not the highest priority, but doing good and not evil. Now, when we further read uh, into this section, verses 21 to 25, we see uh, Peter exhorting his members who are scattered, showing to them that Jesus is our example. Now, when we read verse 21, it says, for to this you have been called. Now, what is Peter referring to when he says to this? When you look back to the previous verses, that this is referring to suffering unjustly, as we see in the previous section. And then he also says, not only you are called to, uh, he says, we are called. He says in verse 21, to this you have been called. He then, uh, to suffer unjustly is a calling, not only for slaves, but to us as Christians. Have we considered suffering for doing good as our calling? Now, why is this calling for each one of us? We read further in verse 21, that not verse 20, uh, I'm sorry, verse 21, for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you may follow in his steps. 
Now, there are two things that Peter is writing about. Firstly, Christ suffered for you. He was our substitute, the concept of substitution. And secondly, Peter says, leaving you an example, the illustration, how we should suffer. Now, we need to consider both uh, together and not one at the expense of the other, if you need to understand this calling. We could accept Christ dying for us and not follow the example of Jesus. Or we could follow Christ's example, not personalizing Christ's death for our salvation. Both go together, the substitution and the example for our calling. So let's look at them, the illustration and the substitution. In verse 22, we read, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return when he suffered. He did not threaten, but continued and trusting himself to him who judges just. So when Jesus was suffering on the cross, Jesus committed no sin while he underwent suffering. We also know that he was suffering not because he had sinned. He was perfect and sinless. He did not revile, but instead prayed for those who were responsible for his suffering. Now he could have done otherwise. You know, he could have told, okay, you are doing this to me, one day you will get it from God, or one day God will judge you. But as we read, he did not open his mouth, no deceit was found in his mouth. There was no thought of vengeance. He believed justice will always be done because God says, vengeance is mine, leave it to the wrath of God. Rather, pay good for evil, leave it to God. He entrusted himself to God. And if the people who made him suffer repent, good will be done to them. So the illustration is that Jesus committed no sin while he underwent unjust suffering. The second thing that we read in verse 24, it says, he himself bore our sins in the body of the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Jesus bore our sins, our guilt, our condemnation in our place. And then if you read in chapter 3 and verse 18, it says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. He died to bring us to God and so that we may live to righteousness and die to sin. So if we follow in his steps, so that we may follow in his steps. This substitution is the basis for the illustration to do the righteousness of the illustration. That is, because Jesus died for us, when we face unjust suffering, we need not sin because Jesus has been our substitute. And then further, as we read in that section, Peter paraphrases from Isaiah 53, 5 to 7. 
where he is rights for he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities upon him the chastisement that brought peace and with his wounds we are healed all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned every one to his own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all now why is he quoting isaiah we were straying like sheep but we have returned to god and received healing that is the fellowship with god we who were estranged have been healed and brought to proper and right relationship with god this new relationship with god breaks the attractiveness of sin to react in sinful ways when we are unjustly treated now as fallen human beings though we have been redeemed we could have an urge to avenge or get even how do we deal with this pressure to avenge now maybe we may not do it in physical ways but we can have it in our heart we may think of doing something to retaliate uh, you know uh, in that way in verse 23 we read but he continued and trusting himself to him who judges rightly or judges justly we hand our cause to god god will always do right god always punishes every wrong now he does it in two ways in hell for those who do not repent and on the cross for those who do repent and my friends if there are those who are listening to me uh, this morning and who have not repented and believed in the gospel may I encourage you to trust jesus for your salvation so that you may have eternal life and not be punished in hell now even with this that god would do just and if you still want to avenge we are basically saying to ourselves hell is not an adequate response or the cross is not enough sacrifice to those who repent or in other words god is insufficient now what is our motivation to do good when we suffer now if you read uh, verses 19 and 20 uh, uh peter says like in verse 19 for this is a gracious thing what is a gracious thing to suffer unjustly and then in verse 20 he says for for what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it you endure but if you do good and suffer for it this is a gracious thing in the sight of god peter says suffering unjustly is a gracious thing in the sight of god or like the nrv says it is commendable in the sight of god and uh, reading from uh, verse 14 of chapter 3 he writes if you should suffer for righteousness sake you will be blessed and then in verse 9 of chapter 3 
do not pay evil for evil or reviling for reviling but on the contrary bless to those you were called to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing god takes notice of the good we do and he will reward us you know it's a beautiful thing you know to suffer unjustly a gracious thing to do so and this should motivate us to do good when we suffer unjustly for doing good now a question may arise in our minds is there an occasion when we do not submit or is submission a blanket norm when we read the scriptures we read about occasions where god's people did not submit we know the example of daniel's three friends you know when they were asked to bow down to the idol they refused to do so and they were willing to face the punishment that was to be given and we know what happened they did not submit we remember peter and john you know before the sanhedrin when they were asked not to preach so when it comes to breaking god's laws and his instructions we need not submit to institutions because we submit to a higher authority now there may be various occasions maybe even in our workplace when we are asked to do things that is not right for example to sign a document which is not true the question is what do we do sign or not to sign and face possible consequences now in today's context we know that states like up and uh, uh, madhya pradesh and there have been states earlier which have also passed anti conversion laws and now it's becoming more stringent will we continue to share the gospel or stop doing that yesterday uh, evening i received a message from a friend who says pray for a missionary in uh, rajasthan uh, who's uh, a bible translator and uh, people have gone and complained against him because the christians there are building a church and possibly they he could be called to the police station so the question is should he should the christian stop building the church or continue to build the church peter and john refused to be silent they said we must obey god rather than men christian submission is a challenge but not impossible our savior who died for our salvation has set us an example so that we can follow him he has given us his holy spirit to help us to submit in an uniquely christian way and so that's a challenge that all of us would face and could be facing in the days to come but we can thank god that he has sent us his son to be an example for all of us especially for us who follow him so by following him and his example we can do a gracious thing a beautiful thing that will be acceptable in god's sight
let us pray. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you have given us. Thank you for your word that instructs us. And especially, Lord, what we have seen in your word about submission. Submission to rulers and to authorities. Submission in our workplace. Submission in the places that you keep us where there are authority structures where you have called us to submit. And to submit in situations where we are treated unjustly. And we thank you, Lord, that you are with us to help us. We thank you that this is a calling that you have given to us as your children. We thank you for the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that even as we have heard your word this morning, that you would encourage us, that you would help us to look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, that he would give us the strength, he would help us, he would motivate us, that your spirit who indwells us would help us to submit in the ways that you want us to submit. But uh, submitting above all to you, who is the supreme ruler. We thank you. We can do it with your help, with your strength. And we pray that you'd help us to do it. Give us all the grace we need. Give us all the uh, help we need. And we also pray that we would pray for one another. We would encourage one another, especially when our brothers, our sisters face such situations that we would support them. We would encourage them. We would pray for them. Help each one of us as we continue to live in this world as strangers, as those who do not uh, belong to this world, but yet who live in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Let us uh, receive the benediction. <clears throat> to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.